Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. It, it does matter, and it's a mindset, and it's, you know, now, you have to be able to get the evaluations done, but it would have been a better feeling last week, you know, if, if we had won that game, and I probably would have been a little cheerier in the post-game presser, so I think it matters. Okay, Sean. All right, Sean. Okay, it matters, though. Orlando Franklin. KJ, our guy Drew. Actually, Drew has some interesting breaking news. Really? Drew, why don't you just throw it, throw it at us real, real quick. All right, guys. So it looks like uh, we got a new co-host on First Take. It's going to be Stephen A. Smith joined by Shannon Sharp, <laughs> as we kind of expected. But now it's it looks like it's going to be official now. Officially wow. official. Wow. Good for Shannon, man. I like that. I like that combination. Good for – and that includes the other – well, People. now you know what I'm looking. I'm looking deeper into the story. It actually looks like it's only going to be Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, with Shannon. With Shannon. Oh, okay. So I think they're still going to have the rotation of others, especially oh, okay. once you get to basketball season and stuff like that. But it looks like, according to this story from the New York Post, Mondays and Tuesdays. It, that that oh, makes okay. sense that because so when Michael sense. Irving kind of going through what he's going through, it doesn't look like ESPN is going to renew his contract. I'm sorry, what's going on? Well, you remember he got in trouble at the Super Bowl at the hotel. Okay. Yeah. So they're he, still not done with it. They're still not done with that. Okay. There's that case okay. is still on. Um. So ESPN is not dealing with that until whenever that gets wrapped up. So Shannon Sharp is going to be their new guy. Mondays and Tuesdays. Mondays and Tuesdays, just like Irving. No. Well, that's good. I mean, a, sure. a way of you know supporting cast, and that's what Stephen A. needs. In my uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Stephen A. is. You know. He's not into the one-on-one every single day, same person. He he needs mm-hmm. multiple different people, different opinions, different avenues. Well, it's the Stephen A. Smith show. Exactly. So <laughs> don't get it confused. Let's go, baby. Don't mix it up with anything else. There's a reason why he's making what ten ten sheets uh, a hey, year. Hey man, a couple, right. a couple people make money over there at ESPN. He, he's one of them. Ain't no doubt about it. So yeah. good, good for good for all considered. Yeah, my my deal definitely uh, entry level. That's right. You're there. You're you're, <laughs> the, you're in the family. You're out. You're out. Look, you're like the kids kids table. You know. You're not. You're not, in the, no, not no, yet. No, no, no. I'm I'm at the, the table outside the house. I'm in the. I'm I'm at the table. You know how you have the, the old folks in the garage playing dominoes at the barbecue? That's where I'm at. <laughs> you never know when that door opens up, my man. You hey, never yeah. you got to be invited to the house in the first place. Hey, I got the address. I'm all good. Let's go through some uh, news from the final day of training camp, uh, Sean. And there's no light even at the end of the tunnel. It's dark. Okay. Well, that's an abysmal way to, to break things down, but... Because that, that answer was to Mike Cliss, like, hey, training camp's over. How you doing? And, uh, and there's no light even at the end of the tunnel. It's dark. I, I think that's a great answer. Okay. Because the work, you know, like, this thing is just getting started. Man, how many times have I came on these airways and talked about walking into training camp? That's the best your body's going to feel until March. The, the tunnel is very dark. Because you're at the start of the tunnel still, mm. and when you look at this thing, even though you've done OTAs, the nine weeks, and then you you got the time off, and you're ramping it up at whatever facility that you're at, and you walked into training camp, just because you break this thing doesn't mean anything. Now it really counts. It really matters. And there's no light even 
at the end of the tunnel and start. All right, let me go through some stuff here. Jaleel McLaughlin. You can't even see the end of the tunnel right now, D-Mac. And there's no light even at the end of the tunnel and start. That's why it's dark. I need a flashlight. <laughs> Jaleel McLaughlin was taking reps a little bit more with the ones today, which was cool. Um, and Sean Payne talked about his possible. Yeah, I mean, historically, I've been fortunate to have been – I don't know. People say he runs a dual back system. I, I just think there's a lot of attrition on a runner in our league. And so over the years, we've had kind of a joker player and Bush and Sproles, Kamara. Those guys are running backs. And yet they do some other things in the passing game that, you know, that give them that tag. So you could call a change of pace type player. Certainly McLaughlin's one of those candidates where he's a different style runner. You know, all these guys that are healthy are going to play in this game. I think Javon will be somewhere around 10 to 12 plays. Okay. What do you think? First of all, a couple things. What do you think of um, Javante Williams with 10 to 12 plays? What do you think of Jaleel McLaughlin, period, on the 53? I think he's making this 53-man roster. So a Um, third running back who can't play special teams. Why why can't he play special teams? What's he going to do? PP on punt. Personal protector. He really? the, guy behind, the guy behind the line of scrimmage telling you what way to go. That PP guy is, sure? I, is I get, uh, all he's doing is one Mississippi, two, and, and release and go. Go make the tackle. He, Jaleel McLaughlin's tackling people? He's Why like, wouldn't He's going to, like, bounce running, off of people. Man, running backs are always on special teams. Come on, No, D, no, no. Man. I get it, but not guys who are, like, you know, 5'8", 140 pounds. He could be the personal... 140 I don't know pounds. what he is. I don't know what the oh heck he is. Remember a couple of weeks ago, you're like, hey, you know, how hard is it to find a running back? He's, you know, 5'8", uh, 200 pounds. 519183, uh, one, <laughs> one, my boss. No <laughs> oh, um, that's, that's, that's what the Broncos told us. Hey, man, come on. Man, Keep he, it real. He's going to be perfectly fine. He, yep. could be, he, could be, he could be on... A couple special teams for the Broncos. Oh, all right, man. I don't know. How hard is it to go out there and rush the punter? Not that hard. I'll tell you who they brought in, and maybe it's just for preseason, but Dwayne Washington, this new running back? Yeah. This dude's a load. Yeah, and he's he's played a, a ton. 6'1", 230. This yeah. is a dude, a and, bigger fella. And he's been in. It, it, he hasn't played. That's the guy that hasn't played football in a while, right? And That's right. He's been coming back into football. Correct. But he's been a core special teamer, and, right. and he's played a lot of special teams. So he would be making this football team just for special teams purpose. But I like Julia McLaughlin often on this roster. I think what we're going to see as well is a guy like Samaje Pirine. He's had to play a little bit of special teams because he's never been the guy. So you think Jaleel makes it? Absolutely, I think he makes it. I think he makes it in that joker role, that change of pace, that, hey, it's third and 18. We're either running a screen to him or we're putting him out there, but we're going to end up in a five-wide situation because he's strictly running around. I think he could win a job this weekend. I think he'll get run with the at least the twos, if not the ones. And I like what Sean Payton's doing with that as well, D-Mac, because mm-hmm. I think that – you know, when we start seeing the rotation. Starters going like 20 to 30 snaps. Yeah, this is how you get First the reps. Yeah. This is how you get all the reps. This is how these young guys get an opportunity to show what they could do with Russ. Mm-hmm. This is where you might see a, a you know a Jalen Virgil out there this week with Russell Wilson. You might see all the tight ends. Albert O, we saw yesterday getting first-team reps. Yep. Today, not so much first-team yeah, reps. but today was more just- about the run game. Yeah, they were they were scheming for the Niners. They yeah. were actually working game plan for the Niners today. Yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, here's your rust report for the day about 
the growth of Russell Wilson over the past couple weeks? Man, his movement skills uh, have been impressive. So his off-schedule plays, every practice, you know, you, you see an example, one or two, and, and it really forces the receivers then to get in concert. You know, if you're not open in the initial route progression and the pocket moves one way, you got to move with it. Um, his, his location's been really good. I, I think the last week and a half, two weeks have been really impressive. Okay, break down. Ooh, that rope's getting a little looser. <laughs> Gonna let Russ cook, baby. You think that's that rope's means? getting a little looser, baby. You think that's Absolutely. All right. I like it, though. It's a quarterback that's played 10 years, been a dual threat, using his legs. He's seen every defense that a defensive coordinator can throw at him. And Sean Payton's offense is about timing and Russ getting the ball out of his hands quick. But it's nice to hear that Russ has been impressing them when the, the initial read hasn't been open, where it is, hey, I do have to get out the pocket, coach. I can't stay here because it's just going to collapse on me. And obviously, Sean Payton has liked what he's seen. Let Russ cook. And let me play devil's advocate for a second here. All of this noise from the national media talking about can Russ or will Russ fall in line with Sean Payton. Where is all of this noise coming from if Sean is saying this in his press conference? Mm. Where is all the noise coming from? Yeah. Just... The fact of, look what Drew Brees has accomplished. Look what Sean Payton's track record. Can I tell you? I think the noise was coming no matter what because Sean Payton is Sean Payton and he's had success with a shorter quarterback in Drew Brees. I'll give you a a mini kill you a truth. The national media does not know one idea what they're talking about when it comes to Russ right now. Nobody's been out there. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody's watched. Kay Adams brought donuts out there today. I'm telling you, it's not like we've been. James Palmer, our guy James Palmer, who who lives in Denver, is, is spreading the gospel of Russ or the truth about Russ. But I'm telling you. This has been one of the least attended national media training camps for the Broncos. I remember for a while. Guys, we just won the the NBA championship, the finals. The Nuggets were the number one seed in the West. There were national media members that did not know what they were talking about when they were talking about that basketball team after they played 82 games. <laughs> and after they went out there and beat Minnesota, after they, you know, beat the, the Suns in six, after they swept the Lakers, and yet the narrative was still all wrong with the national attention. Do you think the national media has really been paying attention to the Broncos? No, they haven't. <laughs> they, they may be saying, hey, rust this, rust that, based on other reports, but... Nobody is paying attention to Russell Wilson right now. Nobody. So it might come as a win first, though. Yeah, everybody's just waiting for that moment. And I love how the Broncos schedule starts. It starts under the radar, uh, hosting the Raiders, which is another team like, I mean, who who cares about them? And uh, Washington, which is just steeped in controversy. Listen, man, it's a great spot for us to be in. It is the the world of anonymous donors in terms of even football. So it's a good spot to be in. It's a good spot to to rise above, that's for sure. That's why you got to watch out. You might be right, man. 3-0. If the Broncos are 3-0 and the Jets start 3-0, Jets, Broncos, Sunday night, flex it, snow-capped helmets. Are you kidding me? Get your popcorn ready, but it's going to take 3-0. It has to be 3-0, so week three at Miami. KJ stumbled on a story, and I'm going to call the next segment, what? <laughs> so you got to... Wait, what? You, you gotta, wait, wait. I'm sorry, what? That is, uh, that's next. All right, are you ready for this? 
call this uh, segment. What? what? <laughs> and uh, we got a bunch of stories here. So, KJ, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I got you. <sighs> the Dallas Cowboys. They had a fight and practice. Wait a second. I thought we were, okay, I thought we were going somewhere else. Oh, uh, we, we can I thought we were going with uh, the wedding bell story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. That's what that, you know. What? Yes, let's go there yeah, first. Yeah, we can we can circle back to that later down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ahead. there's there's a couple that has uh, gotten engaged that we didn't know was going to get engaged. We thought it was just kind of like more of a just like a little thing. Marcus Jordan, son of MJ, son of MJ, has gotten engaged to Larson Larsa. I'm sorry, Larsa Pippen, which is Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Which is just absolutely unbelievable. So, Scotty, boy, huh? Scotty, uh, what? Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. She needs a young man. Is marrying Michael Jordan's son. Mm-hmm. What? Dude, it's unbelievable. Yes, what is Wait exactly what it is? Is this why MJ and Pippen like hate each other now? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! Well, they do like hate each other now, don't they? they? they, or but, they do. but that was before, though. This is they, they, they've hated each other before this whole dating thing started. Uh, what is the age difference between Michael Jordan's son and Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? You know, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife has went on national TV and said when she was with Scottie that they would um, get with each other about four to five times a night. A uh, 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 what? Yes. I love this so, segment. Um, MJ son, young, got a little bit of more stamina than the age groups that she's in. 16 year difference. <laughs> yeah. From, oh man, I guess that's really not that bad. It's not bad at all. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, what does that wedding look like? Oh. Well, Scotty's not there, obviously. Scotty's not there. Scotty ain't coming. <laughs> M- MJ's definitely not there. MJ oh, paying for it? Whoa, whoa, MJ's whoa, whoa, not whoa, there? Whoa, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking Dude, about? MJ came out a while back and was like, he's not in support of this. Why? If his son gets married. He's going to skip out his son's wedding? It, yeah, I mean. I Come think on. He, Could he have a change of heart? Sure, but I don't he think. Was, he was trying to fix the relationship with him and Scotty. That's why he wasn't in support of it. Well. Maybe. Probably, you know how how you're like, hey, when your wife tells you, hey, you better talk to your son because he's talking about girls. And, you know, and you're like, hey, son, you can't be talking about that. But when, like, mommy walks away, you're like, hey, son, give me a high five. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, maybe, MJ. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> hey, son, not a support. Oh hey, son, give me a high five. <laughs> uh, here's, here's another one from, uh, I'm sorry, what? Taylor Swift turned down a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about top of the food chain. When you, I have never even heard of an artist turning down a Super Bowl because of what it does for you as an artist. It is absurd what it does. Every time Taylor Swift performs, it's a Super Bowl. Dude, I mean, I know she was big. I know it. She okay? was big. She, she is, is big. big. She is big. Sorry, Swifties. Will Peterson specifically. I apologize. Turning, she is so big, she can turn down Super Bowls. I mean, what else wow. is it going to do for her? That, you know, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And it's just like. At this moment in time, wild she's that the only person that could do this. 
turning down a Super Bowl. At this moment, she's the only artist that uh, can do this. I didn't think anybody could, but wow. I mean, good for Taylor Swift. What? Dan Orlovsky? Okay, number four. This one's going to be a little controversial because of the quarterback, but the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, are you going to be the Russell Wilson that we saw for most of your career with the Seattle Seahawks, but talented with Dolchik at tight end, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, K.J. Hamler at wide receiver. They got a ton of young players on the defensive side of football. If Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to his level, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. What? There's a couple what's in there. What what receiver? KJ Hamler? What? What what is going on here? <laughs> what is going on here? Uh all right, so that's ridiculous, right? Yes. Super Bowl, uh, okay. yes. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this, KJ. Look who had your back. Adam so KJ, just to recap, comes on you totally ticked off about Mike Shanahan. Like I was like, why does KJ even care? But, like, comes on, I'm all bummed out and upset about Mike Shanahan. Well, here's Adam Schefter this morning. That's my honest-to-goodness feeling. Like, you got a small number of people who they know the game, believe me. That's not a shot against them. Right. But there are a lot of people that know the game and know the game better than them. And so we're going to keep a smaller number of people. I, uh, man, it, it, it's a bottom line. It's a flawed process. It's a flawed, politically motivated process. And, and, you know, listen, I loved it when I was a writer. You know, like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, people, you know, are more anxious to talk to you and, and uh, you know, conflict. The whole thing, man. Mike Shanahan, not in the whole thing. Okay, sure. <laughs> wow. There you go, man. There you go. Hey, Adam, I've never felt closer to you than I do right now. How about this as a ground rule? If you've been dead for 30 years, that's it (laughs) for the Hall of Fame. If you you couldn't make it into a Hall of Fame and you've also been dead for 30 years, I mean, maybe it wasn't your time. I actually think it's actually 40 years with uh, Bobby. I know. I'm just saying um, a 30-year death sentence. I had to look him up yesterday. Everybody had to look him up. Impressive resume, but still should have been He's Mike been Shanahan. dead for 40 years. It's, it's an impressive <laughs> resume. I'm not what saying, happened I'm not saying he's been eligible ago. for 40 years. He's been dead for more than 40 years. Yeah. I mean, who is accepting his award for him? His great, great, great grandchild? <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? And Adam did go on to say, which I agree, what are we doing, NFL? Greg Popovich just got inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's still coaching. That's the way to do it. Put guys in who deserve it while they're alive, not dead for 40 years. And Adam's right, too. It's a stupid system in terms of uh, who gets to vote for the Hall of Fame. Open it up to 1,000 people like they do for baseball, and you have to hit a threshold. And you include all sorts of people for it. It's not just, you know, 30 writers most of them, Orlando, from the Northeast, who don't even know these folks. I'll also tell you this. Stupid system. The Broncos did this. The Broncos' lack of ownership did this. When you have Mike Shanahan have to wait to be inducted into the Ring of Fame, the heck with that. Mike Shanahan should have been in the Ring of Fame immediately. Brought two Super Bowls here, multiple Super Bowl appearances. He was the savior of this organization and franchise. And the Broncos made him wait. 
because of the lack of ownership and who was running it. So when that happens, I think that that plays a role in Mike Shanahan not being inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. If your own team won't let you in, you think that nationally you're going to get into something that's bigger than your own team? Orlando throwing out a body bag right there, my man. That's I'm telling you, get get you ready for kill you with truth. That's what I'm talking about. I'll kill you. Nicely done. I'll kill you with truth about this training camp. What? This is the drive on the fan. I'm just an old truth teller. It's time for DMAC to kill you with truth. I want the truth. Tell the truth. I want the truth. On the drive. All right, let me tell you a truth about the Broncos and training camp. The truth is, this was an excellent training camp from start to finish. Not a very controversial take, I know, to say something is good, but the ticket system was good. The logic of how the camp developed progress, Mike Evans, progress was good. It made sense. Russell Wilson got better as the camp went along. The bummers were the injuries, of course. And we had a, you know, I mean, Tim Patrick, round two, sucks. Um, Jonas Griffith, stinks. That being said, there's a couple of other ones. It's weird about, like, Justin Simmons, but everybody keeps telling me he's going to be fine. So, I mean, okay. McGlinchey, he'll be fine. Brandon Johnson, he'll be fine. We're really not sure about P.J. Locke. That's a bit of a question mark. Don't know what is going on there. But overall, not bad. So if you want to just say things were smooth and organized and Orlando just progressed in a natural sort of way, I would point at Broncos training camp 2023, which is why it's funny when Sean Payton was asked about the end of training camp. And there's no light even. At the end of the tunnel, it's dark. But for whatever it's worth for training camp, hey, Sean, I think you actually did a, a really good job. And I think this team is set up well. There's one thing that really didn't happen. Not really. And I don't know if it's a big deal or not. There weren't a lot of fights during the Broncos training camp. I had mean, a couple little skirmishes, but no big fights. So I turn to Deion Sanders. He just spoke. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you got a key teammate fight. What they do there? No one. No one. What here. they do there? Not no here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? No, sir. I don't want to see y'all walking off with somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. KJ and Orlando, I want to ask you guys. First of all, I love that stuff from Prime. I don't know if that works. I don't know if that's going to matter. But the concept of is one guy fights, we all fight. We're in this thing together. I, I, I have never heard a coach ever say that. But that's what we think they think. And the concept is you got to be in it together as a team. The Broncos really didn't have that moment. I don't think it's a big deal, but I want to run it past you guys to see if you think it's a big deal, especially in light of what we saw with Dallas. Right, Rick KJ, there was some sort of huge melee. Mm. Micah Parsons was throwing. Yeah, everybody got in on it uh, in Dallas, which I thought was interesting because Dallas always has a little something going on, but that one that should have been small turned big. 
because the offensive lineman, he came and absolutely shoved the D lineman right into the ground, nearby knocked his helmet off, and the rest of the team was like, hey, let's ride. Let's do it. All right, let's get to fights and training camp. Big deal, not a big deal. We still have a joint practice. It's not over, over. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Um, personally, for me, when, when I look at training camp, uh, what, what's the mentality of your football team? What's the mentality of your offensive line, your defensive line, your big boys up front? For me, when I've watched it, it's we're going to run on a lot of this thing. Yeah, we're going to get our work. We're going to grind it out, and coach wants us to go hard. So, yeah, we'll go full speed. But you tell me, how much does it matter to you? Because I've been in fights with the guy that sat in this very seat a couple months ago just based off the fact of, I don't like the fact that I'm going against you every single day. I'm ready to hit somebody else. Yeah, you're going to win some. I'm going to lose some, but I'm never going to back down. And I just think that this football team, a little bit too nice for me. Okay. Is that perhaps why there's a little dissatisfaction with Sean Payton? Is that a a cultural problem the Broncos have right now? Yes. Yes, that's a a part of the culture. That's an issue with the culture. I promise you this. You you asked how many Super Bowl winning teams – do we know the record of preseason? For, yeah. per, them preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we said nobody, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I guarantee you this. How many Super Bowl teams have fought in training camp and practice? I guarantee their offensive line and defensive lines, it's not every single day or, you know, just these mass brawls. But you get tired of going against the same person. You get tired of, you know, losing. It means something to you. It matters. Like letting down your teammates. It's not this whole hand clap because you got beaten. Oh, don't worry, guys. I'll get them next time. Like you want to see that chippiness. You want to see guys on the edge and just ready to snap. So when you see and hear Deion Sanders. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you got to keep teammate fighting. What do they do there? What do you think of that? I love it. I mean, are you an Avenger or are you a defender? <laughs> Yesterday, Samaje Prerine got a little extra from the defense. Where the heck is the offensive line in a situation like that? Mm. Where are the protectors? That's a guy's a key part of this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. He might be your starting back week one. Mm-hmm. Why are you not protecting him? Why are you not letting that defensive lineman know that, hey, do that again and watch what happens to you? I'll never forget, and I've mentioned a million times, but when um, uh, Emmanuel and Cortland got in that fight, and there was Joe Flacco standing like five feet away and did absolutely nothing. You never expect a quarterback to do anything, and a quarterback should not do anything, just in case. Uh, but, but Those okay, guys are but I mean, he, like, literally did nothing. Yeah, you guys kind of, the most they're supposed to do is just kind of jog over there. Come on, guys, let's, let's stop. Jog over. It was, yeah. like, 10 feet from him. Yeah, I remember he, that He barely as well. turned yeah. his head. I think he t- took another slug of water, if my memory serves me correct in that situation. But like, I love that. I love that love E was got on Cortland because it was like, hey, this is how we do things around here. Right. And E was riding right. each and every day because it's a standard. Right now, the standard is not for this offensive well, line. It's not that they're the protectors. You remember what the tone was with that fight? It's basically, what have you done? Yeah. What have you done? <laughs> okay. What, what have you what, done? What have you done? And I was like, whoa. But, you know, he's gone. Nobody's around from the Super Bowl team anymore. They're all gone. That's my biggest worry about this football team this year. You do got Frank Clark, though. And he's got he's got rings. You, you got Randy Gregory. He doesn't have rings, but, I mean, 
He's got plenty of attitude. and has got uh, a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. Even though he promised that he would be uh, a little bit more mellow this year. Not to look past the game, but you had a very memorable joint practice last year when you were even playing. Uh, what is it about joint practices that get you going? I mean, you know, you get another team out there. It's fun. You know, drilling gets going. Um, and normally out here with your guys, you get another opponent. Um, always feels like a game. So, you know, just, just get flying a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I don't try to make promise I can't promise anything. But... <laughs> No promises are made. I, I can't promise anything. So I understand Sean Payton's frustration at the end of training camp here. I do. He's not quite satisfied, which is good. It's good. There at the was, end of training camp, you want your, your big boys up front to have the mindset like, hey, we're going to go as far as we take this football mm-hmm. team. I haven't seen that yet out there. There's an edge that's missing. Yes. There's an edge that missing. And you know what's good? I think we were all obsessed about Russ. Everybody was obsessed about Russ. Okay? I think Russ is... I don't think we have to be as obsessed about Russ right now. He got himself in better shape. He stacked good practice. Today was like nothing. You can't judge anything on today. But yesterday was a really good practice, as was the day before. Sean Payton does want to win a game. So this week is not complete until they can you know, win in Santa Clara. Get a W. Yeah, that means something. To go on the road to a Niners team that, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure where they're just at. I don't even know if they're going to, is Kylie going to play guys this weekend? Is I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should play guys because uh, the report that I've heard is Purdy's going. Purdy's going to be the starter. Oh, is that right? So uh, they're going right. to protect the guy right okay, now yeah, because yeah. He, he is, is the, the guy. guy. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But meanwhile, Sean Payton. And there's no light even. At the end of the tunnel, it's dark. Okay, all that right. Tunnel's long, man. It's a long, it's, it's a long, long tunnel. tunnel. Somebody get the coach a flashlight. This is the drive on the fan. I'm at a party I don't want to be at, and I don't ever wear a suit and tie. I'm wondering if I can sneak up the back. Nobody's even looking me in my eyes. Can you take my hand, finish my drink, say, shall we dance? Hell yeah. You know I love you, did I? Hey, let me get back to something, man. You make it better like that. Um, I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got a key teammate fight. What they do there? No one, no one. What here. they do there? Not no here. Way. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? No, I don't want to see y'all walking off with somebody's fight. Never again. Here is a Takeo Spikes. I love it, chick. I love it. This is the reason why. He's creating a family culture. Let me remind everybody. Colorado only won one game last year, right? So if you see one of your teammates fighting and he's trying to create that family culture, his deal is if it's a guy on the offensive side, I expect for all 10 other offensive players to go over there and protect your brother. If it's on the defensive side, I expect the other 10 to go protect your brother. And that's the family affair. Now, how this plays into the season is this. When you get ready to go out onto the field and you play other opposing teams, if one of your teammates gets into a fight, the entire team or the 10 on the field needs to come to the rescue. That's the family culture that he's trying to create, and I applaud him for that. As the Broncos wrap up training camp, although it certainly gets interesting next week with the Rams here in town, what could the Broncos learn from Deion Sanders and that attitude? Wow. I think that it's what Sean Payton's been trying to preach from day one. He's trying play, to do it. Yeah, play for each other. Mm. 
this is not really just about you. It's not about your stat line at the end of the game. At the end of the game, all that matters is the Broncos win. Is the message connecting? It's connecting slowly. I don't think it's connecting as fast as it could. Um, But that's also a hard thing because of just how bad it's been here over the last seven years. Let me point something out to you. No goal line at all so far. So we went through an entire training camp with no goal line practice. Yeah. Now, I know Sean Payne emphasized we're going to do two minute more goal line less and only do goal line about a dozen times a year, two minutes all the time. Okay, okay. All right. But no goal line? Smallest package that you have. So typically with each and every team, D-Mac. I mean, that practice Hail Marys and stuff. Yeah, but you you, you got six goal line plays. (laughs) Are you going down? Are you going straight? Are you going to the left? (laughs) Like, are you going right, straight, or left, right? Okay. um, I, I think it's so no done, big deal. I think it's done by design. No, 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 big deal, big deal for sure. But at the same time, most physical part of the field, I think Sean Payton is also a little worried about guys getting dinged up. DJ Jones concussion last game. Mike McGlinchey wasn't here, gets back here. He's the, all of a sudden dinged up. Garrett Bowles has to miss a couple pra- practices because he's dinged up. I think it's more so. We're already so thin on the offense and defensive line. Can't afford for a guy to get hurt. So let's not do this at the start. Now, anticipate them to kind of do that next week at some point before, you know, the Rams get in get in here. Maybe you might have one period against the Rams if you really want to ramp it up. But goal line has never been a thing in my mind that you should be doing like a couple times during training camp. Okay. You're, you're, you you expose yourself in those situations to injuries. Are the Broncos tough enough right now? No. I don't think that this is a tough football team. That When I think about the 2023 Denver Broncos, I don't toughness, t- a tough squad or, you know, a squad that has a chip on their shoulder. I don't see that. How do they get it? How do they get it? Do they need it? I think some of these guys are playing, laying into the fact of, hey, we got Sean Payton. Things are going to be better around here. We're going to win football games because we got Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton has to beat it out of them. Like, literally beat it out of them. How's that work? It is next week. We're going to have a practice where, hey, Russ, you might get 30-plus reps. Mm. Like, we're going to ramp this thing up. Mm-hmm. Hey, ones, instead of that 4-4-4 four, four, four mess that you've been used to, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going six now, and we're going to throw a goal line period in there. And next, the next day, you're going to take six reps each and every period as well. We're going to start really hardening the nucleus of this football team and as far as the core guys go. Well, you think next week is that week? Yes, okay. it has to be. You don't have any other choice. I haven't seen it yet. So it has to be next week. And maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe it's because, hey, the Rams are coming in. We are going to get a couple joint practice. It's going to be chippy no matter what. So I might grind these guys out a couple days before and go right into it, right? Because we're going to kind of take our foot off the gas pedal after we play against the L.A. Rams. This is only through my personal experience and a lot of it, just watching my kid play college sports and a little high school sports. But it was always interesting because this high school team, Orlando, just, I mean... We get their butts kicked. But, but, his junior year, the coaches just didn't care. Like, you want to talk crap? Talk crap. You want to get in somebody's face? 
get in somebody's face because they had just been pushovers for like years. So my kid, shocker, loved that stuff. I mean, he just, I mean, oh my God, you know, and like he was the type of kid you had to, even Pull though he's, yes, 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 but like you don't want like this stuff. Don't want to pull him too far back, right? Yeah. Because it gives you an edge. And sure enough, I mean, it is a trip to be at a high school game and the entire stands on the other team is booing your kid. I mean, it is it is in a baseball game yeah. of all things. But there's ways you can do it. Yeah. And um and he did oh my god, this game against Cher we're playing they're playing Cherokee Trail and one of the dads comes over and yells at me. After the game was over. It was like that. He got thrown out of a doubleheader against Eagle Crest for mixing up with somebody. But he gets in college, and he runs into a coach who just doesn't want any of that. He wants all the kids to be subservient. He wants all the kids to be polite and do things the right way. Well, guess what happened to that team? <laughs> what happened? They lost. <laughs> they were a bunch of wimps. They were a bunch of robots scared of the coach. Mm. They And, you know, my kid couldn't help himself. So guess where he ended up? In the doghouse. You know, but, but you know, it's like, well, what, what kind of team do you really want? Uh, what, what, at what point do you want to be pulled back? And is it better to be pulled back than pushed forward? Do you need, is it, is it better to say, hey, calm down a little bit rather than, yeah. You know, I think uh, each and every team makeup should have a couple rebels, couple guys that you couple, do right? have to yeah. kind of pull them back and go, hey, what are you doing? Like, hey, use your head right now. Like, you can't the, have a whole team. You, I understand. You, a whole you, we're not going. You, 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 now you're pushing it. That's borderline. That might be too far, right? Type of thing. A couple guys on each and every team. So who are those guys when you were playing? Ah, uh, were you one of those guys? T- of course, I was one of those guys. <laughs> um, d- d- I mean, you tell me. Do you think I was one of those guys with the way that I played that game? I think you were one of those guys. I think Clady probably wasn't one of those guys. Clady was not one of those guys. J.D. Walton was one of those guys. J.D., for sure. Paradis was probably one of those guys. Um, Cooper Cooper probably wasn't one of those guys. Yeah. But he's a tough guy. Yeah, but you look at even other guys in other rooms as well. Virgil Green was one of those guys. I think No Sean was one of those no guys. No Sean, one of those guys. Emmanuel Sanders, one of those guys. Right, you right. You go look at oh, the defensive uh, uh, Talib, side. Oh, Tlaib, Chris Harris. Yeah. Um, you know, TJ. I saw cool. TJ this past weekend in, in D.C. Yeah. I was with TJ. He was one of those guys, right? So you could go, just kind of go around the room. Wolf, Malik Jackson, uh, Danny Trevathan, one of those guys. T. Knight, one of those guys. Yeah, there was, was, was Payne one of those guys? Yes. I, the, the funniest thing I've ever heard Peyton say, Peyton doesn't have to do it and, be, and bark at you, but you remember when Wes Welker got knocked out against the Texans Absol- here? Absolutely. I, just, I was just thinking about it. You know that the DJ Swearinger, he's just chirping him in his face. Took that flag. And guess what DJ Swearinger said? Well, Peyton, what do you expect me to do? If you throw it to him, I'm going to hit him. Peyton said, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and everybody started laughing. The other 10 guys that were on the field, there were guys on the Houston Texans laughing when he made that comment. Uh, that's great. Definitely one of those guys, for sure. Who are those guys? Is Russ one of those guys? I think Russ has the... Russ can be one of those guys, but right now I think Russ is in his head. 
I think Russ is trying to figure it out. He's trying to be a Sean Payton guy. He's trying to, you know, walk that fine line and do what Sean Payton wants him to do while pumping up his teammates. He's not going to – Russ, we know that. He's not going to talk about down about his teammates. Russ is like Von Miller. Remember how Von yeah, would be like, yeah, this right tackle is great. And we're yeah, best yeah, right yeah, tackle yeah. that I've ever played against. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. amazing. The offensive line just, just kind of constantly building up his, his teammates. But I could see Russ, you know, after last year having some success where – he might be feeling himself a little bit and, you know, throw a touchdown or point up to the scoreboard or something like that. Like, I don't think he's going to go in somebody's face and start chirping them. On the Ramoslaw.com text line, and this did happen last year, before in the joint practice, and that's why I talked to Randy Gregory about it today, you know, like, you know, how are you going to be in the joint practice? And Randy said, hey, I'll, I'll be better. No promises, though. Mm. Well, Randy wasn't even practicing. He was still getting over his injury. Randy was out there, I mean, just stirring it up. It was so bombastic. Broncos defense against the Cowboys offense. A lot of us were wondering, are they going to have to cancel practice? Meanwhile, Cowboys defense, Broncos offense, Russ went around and shook every one of the Cowboys defense, um, everybody on defense hands before they started repping. Aaron Rodgers did that. I saw Aaron Rodgers do that on hard knocks. He did the same thing. You know, kind of just take that temperature down. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Do you but think it does... it's about taking the temperature down? Oh, I, oh, I, I think I got a pretty good side-by-side example of it last year. Mm. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't go around shaking hands before the scrimmage started. No, I Dak think, didn't do that. I think some quarterbacks are different. When you win a Super Bowl, when you've been doing it for a long period of time, when you've had success at the highest level, I think some quarterbacks recognize that, when these teams walk in, some of, there's some fanboys out there. There's some guys that okay. are and ah, like, holy, you know what? That's like Aaron Rodgers that, yeah. on that other field. That's Russell Wilson on that other field. Well, right? hey, guess what, Panthers? Uh, you got spanked in your preseason game and shut out by Aaron Rodgers, so glad you shook his hand before. You know, I'd be tempted to say, I'm not shaking his hand. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? The, the heck with all the handshaking. I remember when we practiced against Houston, I told J.J. Watt, you're not fighting anybody on this field but me if you get into you a fight. You did not tell him Of that. course I did. Were there TV cameras there so he could get in a fight with you? No. Because I don't think there, he gets in fights unless there's there, TV there cameras on you. There wasn't anything. And you really did tell him that. Absolutely. So me and what did J.J. Say, what did he say back we, to you? We went against each other in college. Okay. Our junior year at some bowl game in Orlando, Florida. And I absolutely dogged him. My, this is my second game playing left tackle. And then the following year, you like has double-digit sacks and, you know, mm-hmm. gets a first-round nod. And I was like, who? No, I remember playing this guy. What do you mean? But J.J.'s always been a, a heck of a player, but he's been – he just chirps too much for me, talks a little bit too much. And I've never got a minus with a batted ball, mm-hmm. right? So we already had a little bit of bad blood in college. We come here and he's mm-hmm. sitting there and he's trying to get up in some – he was trying to get up in Chris Clark's face. Okay. And right after the one-on-one, I was like, yo, yo. That's not happening here. You're not. That, that, that's not going down. <laughs> and then the next one on one, he went against Chris Clark again because yeah. he stayed on that side. Uh-huh. And then he he tried to get up, and I just ran over there and I grabbed the back of his jersey, pulled him back, and was just like, "Hey, listen, if you want to fight somebody, you can fight me. You're not going to fight anybody else but me on this football field. Say? You get into a fight." What was the response? He didn't say anything. It was one on ones. He just went back over there. Nothing was said in that situation. Did he but, go against you? No, I didn't get an opportunity to go against him, but in the game. 
See, well, on those drills, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's the defense that can really choose who they go against. Yes. Right? The offense they, is... they pick. The offense, you, you, I'm, I'm the right tackle. Uh, right. I start in right tackle. I sit in my spot. I, I take a rep, and then I go and sit down, and I watch the second right tackle go, and then it goes down the line. It's like a snake, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the third right tackle gets to go, and then yeah. after the third right tackle, I'm back up, right? So the defense alignment gets to pick every single time who right, they want right, to go right, against. Right, 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 right. They can easily tap in, tap out, can do whatever yeah. they want. So J.J. Watt turned it down. Turned it down. You know because what I'm saying? It, I, was, I, I love that. I love fighting. I love fighting my own teammates. Like, if practice is too long, it's a grind out here. Hey, Wolf, you want to fight? You want to do this thing today or what? Like, let's see if we can get kicked out of practice. Let's see if we can end practice. Good times. Our analysis <laughs> of training camp 2023. It sounds like us and the uh, cozy DJs at the, uh, at the water fountain. <laughs> They're a tough crew, cozy DJs. It's not just all about Christmas for them. Uh, training camp 2023 presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work.